Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your Creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 505 for the 20th of Nissan in a regular year. So the term identity politics has most likely been around since the 1970s. And what this term alludes to is the idea of different groups of people who are distinguished by some identifying factor, whether this be their religion, their social background, their race, their sexual orientation, all kinds of things like that. And uh, that based on whatever group they identify with, these groups will form political alliances based around this particular aspect of their identity. Now, as kind of like an offshoot of identity politics, as far as my understanding goes, we have this idea of intersectionality, which is a term that came about a little bit later in the ni- in 1989 or 1991, um, which talks about how these different parts of a person's identity um, that, you know, whether they're black, whether they're white, whether they're they're, um, they identify as gay or straight or um, poor or rich or whatever it is, how all these aspects of their identity merge together and intersect and how this determines the amount of discrimination or privilege that this person has in the world. So we see that as time goes on, these levels of intersectionality and the way that our identities are being dissected and, and, um, and shaped and formed, it, it gets kind of um, absurd at a certain point. And we know that the world that we're living in nowadays is all about it, the individual. What? How do you define yourself? How do you, you know, um, how do you identify with the whole like all the gender stuff going on? It's like what? What? How is it that you identify? And it's all about, you know, what are your preferences? What? What do you want? Everything is very tailor made. Like you can go online and customize um, socks, customize shoes, customize anything you want, pretty much to your specific individual's taste. So while this might seem in a certain sense that there's something very liberating about this and very much in line with uh, individualism, which is just the idea of we acknowledge the power of the individual and we acknowledge uh, the value of the individual and how each one of us, um, and there can definitely be a positive aspect of that to say to saying that each one of us needs to take responsibility for our actions and take ownership over who we are in our lives. Um, when we become overly obsessed with the individual at the individual level, we actually ironically, as we'll see today, lose sight of who we really are. Because ultimately, the source of each one of us is all coming from the same place. We all have a collective soul source. So if we actually want to get in tune with our identities, if we want to get in touch with who is the real me, how do I really identify? The true identification and the true self is actually united with everybody. 
So especially, you know, when we're talking about Jews, it's on a Jewish level, all of our Jewish souls are really united with one another, um, which is why, as we'll see, there's actually a precept in Torah that you're not supposed to be an ascetic. You're not supposed to be somebody who separates yourself from the rest of the community. You're very much, we, Judaism is very much a communal religion. It's very much, you know, there's uh, men, a half to Dalvin with a minion, um, you know, meals, we eat Shabbos meals together. There's a lot of mitzvahs, in fact, that you cannot do when you're alone or at least in order to perform the mitzvah optimally, then you need other people around. When you recite a bracha, you know, the bracha is kind of like incomplete if there's not another person there to answer amin. We're a very um, communal religion. We're a very social religion. So we're going to talk about that today, and we're going to uh, be discussing this idea of how in serving, in our service of God, what our focus really should be on is that we're really trying to tap into the source, tap into this collectivity of the Jewish souls which ultimately is God, because God is that ultimate source. So uh, we'll see how the Alter Rebbe explains this. And for context, we're still in the middle of chapter 41 of Likutei Amar. And the Alter Rebbe begins today's section by quoting a, by citing a quote from the Gemara, from Brachos chapter 49b, which states, which literally means that a, per, a person should never separate himself from the collective, from the congregation. So in a simplistic meaning, this is this basic idea that in Judaism, we know that we're not meant to be aesthetics. We're not meant to be recluses, like uh, we're supposed to live in a community. There's an idea that a man especially needs to pray together with other men every day, ideally, ideally nine other men. Like Judaism is a very congregational community-based religion. We're not supposed to just like live out on an island. I mean, obviously there are exceptions. If you are, if you have spe special mission to live somewhere in isolation, that's okay. But on a, on a basic level, as a Jew, you really are supposed to live in a Jewish community amongst other Jews. But here, the Altar is explaining this idea of not secluding yourself from other people in a deeper way. Meaning to say that on a spiritual, in the spiritual sense, that when we have our spiritual service, when we're connecting to God and we're serving God, we should have the intention of uniting and cleaving to God, who is the source of his godly soul. And this is the source of the souls of all Jews, which is the spirit of, God, of his mouth, which is called the Shekhinah. So the Shekhinah is a part of God, which is, it's, a little bit difficult to translate properly, but it comes from the word shochen because it comes from shochen means to dwell. So it's like the divine indwelling. It's like the divine presence. And so this divine indwelling, this divine presence, this is the source. This is like the part of God that God like brought down into the world so that he could dwell here in this world. And this is the source of all Jewish souls. And it's like the collective place of all Jewish souls. And this Shrina, this divine indwelling, becomes vested in all of the worlds in order to vitalize them and in order to bring them into existence. And this is what gives a person gives a person the influence to have the like this divine influence to be able to have the power of speech in this in the way that he speaks Torah or the power of action to do this mitzvah. And so basically every single time, so it's like the ultra is basically telling us where, where do we have this power? Where do we have this energy from for us to be able to learn Torah or to do mitzvahs and everything like that? All of this energy comes ultimately from the Shekhinah, if we trace it back to its root. And so 
when we really have this intention to unite with the Shechina, with this collective, this place, which is the collectivity of all Jewish souls, that's where it's to be found. That's the source of all Jewish souls. This occurs by virtue of the light of God being drawn down here below through the Torah and mitzvahs in which he is vested, in which God is vested. And so one should have the intention to draw down this light, this godly light, to the source of their soul and to the source of all the souls of all Jews to unite them. So this is where the becoming one, like the collective souls come in, as is explained further on. And the meaning of this unity will be explained later on as well. So now, now that we have this understanding that basically what's happening when ideally when we are learning Torah and being involved in mitzvahs is that we're having this intention to draw down God, who is the source of all things, and draw down this God, God's light into our souls, which will ultimately translate into the collectivity of the of the Jewish souls. So it's it's sort of like bringing us to this awareness, ideally, of the unity of all things, the unity of our soul with the collectivity of the Jewish souls and the unity with God's souls. So through this, we can understand why it is that there's a certain custom to sit to recite before being involved in any mitzvahs. A phrase in Aramaic, which is Leshem Yehud Kol Israel, which literally means for the sake of the unity of the Holy One, blessed be He, and His divine indwelling in the name of all of Israel. So now we can understand this on a deeper level that basically when we're doing mitzvahs and being involved in Torah, we're trying to unite these things. We're trying to unite God with His indwelling with the souls of all. Jew. And now here there is a note in brackets where the Altarba explains this on a little bit more of a deeper Kabbalistic level where he explains that through this also the Gvuros will become sweetened, the severities will become sweetened in the chasadim, in the kindnesses. So if you remember, this is something that we've been talking about a little bit here and there, this idea of that there's the two level, two sides in the energies and like the spiritual energies of the world, there's the side of the right and the side of the left. The side of the right is the side of chesed, which is this like flowing, uh, kind of like extroversion, um, giving side. And then there's the side of gvura, which is more severity and restraint kind of thing. And this is the side of gvura. And so this, so through this idea of like really coming into the unity and uniting all things, what happens is on this energetic level, the severity actually becomes sweetened through the chesed on its own. Like this happens like as kind of like a side effect. How does this happen? Because all of the midos, like all of the character traits, the attributes, the emotional attributes of God become un become united and become one through the revelation of the supernal will that becomes revealed below through the arousal from below, which is the revelation down here in being involved in Torah study and in mitzvahs, which is the will of God as is explained in Idra Rabbah and in the Mishnat Chasadim in the Masechet Arich Anpin, chapter 4, that the 613 mitzvahs of the Torah come from the whiteness of the Arich Anpin, which is the supernal will, which is the source of the Chasadim. So these are some really deep Kabbalistic ideas. I don't want to get too sidetracked and get too into the weeds in explaining all of this. But on a really basic level, what this is saying here is that basically we 
know that there are there's there are different spiritual energies that make up the basis of all of reality and we've talked about some of these before the spheros and things like that so the ultimate level of god's will like where does this fit in into like the global map of all things this is in a level which is called arich anpin which literally translates to mean long face and this is a level which is actually above all of the other spheros. It's above the levels of Chochmah and Bina and Das and all that stuff that we talked about before. But so this, because it's above all of those, it's kind of the source of all of them. Just like the will of God is the source of all of his other attributes is the way to really understand this. So what else is the will of God and how does how can we relate to it down here? We know, and we talked about this previously in Tanya, the will of God is really his commandments, his Torah and his mitzvahs. So when we involve ourselves in the Torah and mitzvahs of God down here, we're connecting with God's supernal will. And so when we connect with God's supernal will, then just like this, the when we like kind of like connect with the source of our soul, this connects us with the, the collectivity of all Jewish souls and like the divisiveness of all of us disappears. And we talked about this a little bit in uh, chapter Lamed Base, chapter 32, where the best way to come to a sense of loving your fellow Jew is really realizing that we all come from the same source. So similarly here too, when we tap into the supernal will, then all of the divided energies, which really are ultimately encompassed in these two levels of the right and the left, the giving and the severity and the restraint, they, the, the difference between them becomes nullified and they actually become united. And we actually start to realize the good in everything. And we start to realize how the side of severity, the side of restraint, the side of more harshness and that kind of thing and judgment is actually also good and becomes sweet because we realize that everything really comes from the same source. So that's the end of the section for today. And tomorrow we're going to continue along these lines. And we're going to discuss how, you know, all of this uh, discussion about having this intention uh, in serving God that you unite to the source of your soul. It sounds like a very lofty thing. And um, and it sounds like a really, like the ultra is giving, it has very high expectations of us. And is this realistic? Is this something that we can all attain? And um, what if, you know, what if we're serving God and we don't feel this, you know, we're, we're still stuck in our own ego. Uh, we don't feel this uh, deep connection or striving to connect with the source of our souls. What then? You know, is it all for naught or, um, or what do we do in that case? So stay tuned for that and we'll speak about that tomorrow. So I will speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Avraham Yitzchak ben Binyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Taught project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.